0: Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Beast Perspectives Radio. So, as everybody knows, I'm a huge New York Jets fan. I am a fan till the day I die, and I love this team so much. But I gotta talk about the ineptitude of the performance of last night's game against the Cleveland Browns. The Jets lost 23-3. Guys, I've seen a lot of bad Jets games before in my life, and I've been a Jets fan all my life, right? Right? But that's got to be one of the worst games I have ever freaking seen. Literally. I mean, my gosh, it was just awful. And it was horrible to see the people, you know, on social media rip the Jets and everything and how much they suck and things like that. And as a Jets fan, it's just painful to see and watch and hear about it. Talk about on the news and everything, you know, on ESPN. So, as everybody knows, the Jets star quarterback... Sam Darnold, our franchise guy, right? You know, he has been out with mononucleosis. And in comes in Trevor Simeon, who is his backup quarterback. Well, Trevor Simeon played horrible, guys. And I'm just, I mean, this is pretty freaking bad when I read you the stats. Three for six of passing for three yards. Three yards of passing. And I'm thinking, my gosh, this is awful. You're telling me a backup quarterback in the NFL can only pass for three yards? It is awful and unacceptable on all kinds of levels. I will say this, though, and I, and I and I have a heart. I felt bad for the guy when he got hurt. The type of injury that he suffered looked pretty bad. And by what I saw, it looked like, all right, he's going to be out probably for the rest of the year, and sure enough, it is. Tore a ligaments in his ankle, which it looked like. I, I'm not surprised he didn't break it, but apparently there's no bones, you know, that was broken or anything. But it looked it looked pretty bad. Um, so when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, man! And he limped off. So tough quarterback, but he played poorly, poorly. Um, and I just very disappointed in his play. Um, and I hope you know he has a speedy recovery and he's all good and everything. Um, so his replacement. Is Luke was Luke Falk, and he was signed from the practice squad. And guys, Luke Falk has some history with Adam Gase and he was with Adam Gase in Miami, and he went twenty for twenty-five with the Jets game last night for one hundred ninety-eight yards, and he had a QBR rating of ninety-eight point seven. Honestly, guys, that is not bad for a third-string quarterback. I wasn't expecting him to put up those kind of numbers. I know he mainly did a few bubble screens. He had a couple of nice throws to guys like Robbie Anderson and guys like that. And I'm thinking, not bad for a third-string quarterback, right? Not bad at all. But here's my question after last night's game. Here's a guy who has experience with Adam Gase, right? With that offense last year when he was with the Dolphins. And he was the backup, you know, uh, for the Dolphins. He has more knowledge of Adam Gase's offense than Trevor Simeon. He's more familiar with how things work and how Adam Gase operates. Why the hell was he not the second string quarterback behind Darnold in the first place? Like, I don't get it. It makes no sense whatsoever. Simeon is not that type of quarterback that's going to wow me or anything. You know, he, he did he did decent at best when he was a quarterback of the Denver Broncos was not their franchise type of guy Broncos moved on and so last year Simeon I don't think he played I think he signed with the Minnesota Vikings and he was Kirk Cousins backup and didn't play any type of games he didn't play any regular season games I mean he was pretty much you know a no show for last year So my question after dissecting the game last night is like, why the hell did we not put a guy like Luke Falk in knowing that he's got experience because that's going to give us a better chance at winning. Not saying that we were going to win or anything based off of, you know, with guys that are out like CJ Mosley and Quentin Williams. You know, those guys are two great guys. And so I wasn't expecting us to, you know, win. You know, I mean, had we had Sam Darnold, yeah, I would say that we would have had a pretty good chance at winning. Maybe in a close game, probably 20 to 13 ish, give or take. But the game last night was horrible. So Falk didn't do bad. Uh, I got to say, guys, I'm a little nervous, you know, for the Jets playing uh, the, the next game that we're, that we're going to play, which is the New England Patriots, but I'll get to that later. So, with Sam Darnold out, um, I've seen some reports on the internet where he may be out a month. He may be out longer than that. Um, I've also seen some reports where we may even try to get him back, you know, after our bye week in week four. But here's the thing, though. So our next game is at New England, right? I am I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure, and, and, and of course it's in Bill Belichick fashion and Tom Brady fashion, that the Jets are at a pretty bad low right now. The Patriots are just going to make us feel even lower, and they're going to demolish us. We're probably hardly going to score any points. We'll be lucky to score any point, if that they're going to drop over 30 points of us. I mean, I can pretty much predict that. So we're going to go 0-3, and then we're going to go to the bye. Say, for example, Sam Darnold is feeling a little bit better. After a bye, we play the Philadelphia Eagles. And with what Sam Darnold's going through, the mononucleosis thing, for a contact sport, and this is an interesting topic that the Monday Night Crew mentioned about it last night. Playing in a contact sport it can be life-threatening, and the reason why they say that is that the spleen can be inflamed, and if hit, you know, it could rupture, and we're talking about life-threatening, and so we obviously don't want that, you know, for our franchise guy. I think we want to play it safe with him, and, you know, if he's feeling, by by week four, guys, if he's feeling 75%, seventy percent maybe 80 85%, I mean, do we risk putting him in there? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I would prefer that we would keep Sam Darnold, you know, um, you know, off the field and let him heal and make sure that he is 100% because that's what we have to do. So we play after the bye at Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got a pretty good team. You know, they got a good defense. They got a good quarterback in Carson Wentz, who's a really, uh, you know, went healthy, pretty good quarterback. Uh I don't expect us to win that game, and whether it be Luke Falk plan or some other quarterback plan, who knows? With the way our offensive line is playing, it's bad. Our offensive line is complete shit. Like, I mean, the worst offensive line that, that I've seen in a long time, and it just—it's—it's it's horrible. And this offensive line has been bad for years, guys. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat nothing. The offensive line is absolute fucking trash and it's horrible the way that the offensive line is playing it's inexcusable then after we play Philadelphia we have to go at Dallas and the way Dallas has been playing they've been playing pretty well Ezekiel Elliott is still playing like one of the best backs in the league Amari Cooper they're coming into their own um and Dallas has got a good defense as well so I'm saying that that's going to be another loss as well. And then we finally go home, and we're going to face the Patriots yet again. I don't think that we're going to beat the Patriots, especially if Darnold's not there, right? You know, say, for example, we want to play it safe. So all those teams that I mentioned, we could easily be sitting at a record 0-6. Playoffs, pretty much out the door. We're probably not going to win the ASC East. We'll probably be next to dead last, if not dead last, next to the Miami Dolphins, while the Patriots are probably going to win the AFC East. Um, So my question is, if we're 0-6, if CM is fully 100% healthy, do we risk putting him in ...to get some experience, which would make sense because he needs that experience, he needs that game time play because he's still a young quarterback and he needs that familiarity with the Adam Gase offense, right? And we would need that, you know, and it would give Jets fans some hope for next season because if we're at 0-6, guys, honestly... I don't see us making it to the playoffs because we still have to play other teams that are going to be tough, and I highly doubt we would make the off we would make the playoffs. I we'd be lucky to win four or five games if that. Um, but my my concern is this: okay, so if he's healthy, do we put him in? And if he plays well, that's great. But at the same time, though, do we risk injury? You know, Sam Darnold was injured last year you know and he didn't play a whole 16 games and after when he came back he played well so do we risk putting him in behind the shittiest offensive line in the entire freaking league and worst case scenario he gets hurt and suffers a devastating injury torn ACL something like that and he's out for the remainder of the season and a good chunk of next season if not you know um, maybe the remainder of that season of the 2020 season is it worth it I don't know I I really don't know guys I mean lately right now quarterbacks are dropping like flies Drew Brees was hurt and he's expected to be out for several weeks I think it's six weeks to be exact Ben Roethlisberger is out with an elbow injury he's out indefinitely for the entire season he's expected to have surgery and so you know quarterbacks are you know dropping like flies you know Andrew Luck retired because, you know, his body, can't, his body can't take the beating no more because the Colts at the time couldn't provide him a good offensive line until it was already too late. The damage was already done. And, you know, Cam Newton's had his fair share of injuries, so you wonder how much longer he's got to play. So if I'm the Jets, I don't know if I'd play Sam Darnold. I, I, I don't know. It's just a big if, to be honest. You know, part of me says, you know, give the kid some experience. He's going to need it, you know, because if we face a team that's not going to be as tough or, or anything like that, you know, maybe a team that's, you know, on the downside of them, may I could see maybe putting them in a game or so. But at the same time, and 6 I'm thinking, all right, the Jets, right now, we are lacking talent. We are lacking depth. We are lacking, by God, everything, and I'm looking at a situation where Miami's tanking. It's clear they're tanking. They're sending out guys left and right. If a team is interested, all right, it, Get them. Just at a decent price. The Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores, they're coming up with a formula to strip everything down and start from the bottom and work their way up. And they have three first-round picks going into next year's draft, which is pretty darn impressive. So if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at, all right, so if we're 0-6, obviously we're not going to make the playoffs. And as much as I hate to say it, we may have to tank. We may need to eye a top pick. I don't recommend trading away players or anything like that. I I, I simply don't. Um, I don't see the benefit of doing it at this point because we don't have a lot of guys, you know, on our team that are talented. You know, we have very few. Don't trade away those few. So I say the hell with it. We're 0-6, you know, and if if Sam's still not healthy by then or, you know, if we decide to let him sit for the rest of the season and we're not able to win games, so be it. We can get a top three pick, you know. And there's quarterbacks that are coming out of draft, you know, out of colleges next uh, next season that are going to declare for the draft that a team is going to want. You know, I think there's a guy, um, you know, uh, in Alabama that's really, really good um, to to Lupe or to to Talu, I I or I don't know. I can't pronounce his name right. Um, I apologize about that. And then I don't know if the Clemson quarterback, um, if if he's eligible for the draft. But I mean, if both those guys, you know. Declare for the draft, and those are some really good quarterbacks from college, man. Some teams are going to be desperate enough, and they're going to want to trade for a guy like, you know, one of them, too. You know, so, hey, that gives it just the perfect opportunity to trade down and acquire draft picks. Because the previous two general managers that we had, right, John Idzik did a shitty job with all those picks in the 2014 draft. All of them pretty much are busts, right? Then we had Mike McCagnan. We had some misses. For some reason, the Jets can't draft well. We can't draft well in the first round. We can't draft well in the second round. I mean, we're just, I don't know what's going on. It's like the freaking sky is falling. We can't get it together. And it's very disappointing. So that's, that's where I'm at right now is that do we think long term because you know, we have a franchise quarterback. We know we do. We signed Le'Veon Bell to an extension, right? Or not to extension. We signed him for, I think, like four or five years or something like that. So he's our quarterback at the present moment, and he's pre- he's going to be pretty good. So I think we can use him for about a good two or three years, and he's going to be pretty good, right? So you have your quarterback. You have, you have your running back. Why not trade down some picks and – work on some other key areas, which I'll get to in just a moment. But a couple takeaways, you know, outside of Luke Falk's uh, performance last night, right? Some positives. I like the way Jamal Adams played. He played with some passion and some fire. Uh, My concern is that the Jets are losing, and Jamal Adams is unhappy. I don't blame him because... The situation of the Jets comes to losing, I think he might have got benched and he was pretty pissed off about it, you know, for a miscommunication. I, I'm not sure. I saw it briefly, you know, on an article and just, you know, moved on. But I'm like, you know, Jamal Adams is an excellent player, one of the best players, you know, or one of the best safeties in the game right now. A guy like that is someone that we want to make happy on our team because he's a playmaker and he does a pretty darn good job at what he does. Um, I would do the best I can to make him happy and everything, and just to make sure that he's good to go because the guy can play. He's a key player. Reminds me a lot about Brian Dawkins, just that fierce attitude and that passion, that that can do, that wants to win attitude. And I, and I as a Jets fan, I love it. We want guys like that. And <clears throat> a big shout out to uh, Blake Cashman. You know, a rookie linebacker who's stepped in. You know, uh, in for. You know, the injury to uh, uh, to Avery Williamson, I believe. Um, he played pretty well. Uh, I got to give some credit to him. I, I seen him make some nice plays. I'm like, oh, not bad for a rookie, man. I mean, if he plays well, honestly, and continues, if he's a starter going on from here on out, right? If he plays really well, why not let him? you know, continue on after the season as a starter. Maybe have Avery as a backup or maybe move on and, you know, cut him or something like that. I mean, that that's just a scenario. But uh, right now, I got to give him his props. You know, he played pretty well. <clears throat> so the thing about this team, guys, and I, and I mentioned about the draft, we still have question marks, a lot of question marks. You know, cornerback play, Tremaine Johnson, Didn't play last night, you know. I mean, he's pretty much like in the doghouse right now because he's not been playing very well ever since the Jets signed him. And I got to be honest, as a Jets fan, I get it, right? I get the fact that, you know, we want to have our best players out there, but he's not played well. He's not played up to his contract. And you know what? If somebody else can play better than you and they're making significantly way less than you – Give that person a shot because Jermaine Johnson, he's been a disappointment. And honestly, I was hoping that he would – and it's still early in the season, so I'm not going to quite give up hope quite just yet. But come on, man. You have experience in a Greg Williams defense. When you guys were with the Rams back then, you were a pretty good cornerback. You know, Elite, I wouldn't say that. No, but I would say you're pretty darn good. Come on, man. The, the cornerback position, guys – is something that we need to address. We're hurting at cornerback. I know Jalen Ramsey, you know, is requesting a trade, and it's been reported from the Jacksonville Jaguars that they're seeking two first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, no. I think the Jets would be foolish if we try to get that. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want... A head case like you know Jalen Ramsey, you know I we can't afford two cornerbacks that we've given a bunch of money to because Jalen's going to want a new contract, and that's going to set us back. We are not in a win now mode. A team that's in a win now mode most definitely can try to get him at that price. Minkah Fitzpatrick, you know from the Dolphins, was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a first round draft pick. So. I don't think trading away a first-round pick is going to do any good. I honestly think that what we need to do is focus on the draft, even though, my gosh, we have done poorly in the draft. But with Joe Douglas as a general manager, I have more faith in him than I did in John Itzik and Mike McCagnon. because Joe Douglas strikes me as a guy who cares. He gives a crap. He wants to turn things around. He's been successful at places he's been at. Okay, when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, won a Super Bowl there, right? And then, you know, for a long time, he was with the Baltimore Ravens, you know, from I think like 2000 to 2012 or 13, something long, something around that time. And the Ravens were successful at that time. You had Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, a successful team. They drafted well and they had the right type of guys and the right players to step up because if a player goes down... I mean it's it's genius how it worked is that the next guy would step up and play pretty well. You wouldn't expect the other guy to, you know, play like crap, play like garbage. You wouldn't expect that. So I mean Joe Douglas, I, I like him so far. You know, I think he's a great guy. We still need help with edge rusher. You know, we're gonna have question marks going into that. You know, coming into the draft, you know, that was one of our top priorities as an edge rusher. We need a guy that can go after the quarterback. We got Quinn Williams. Not your typical edge rusher; is more of a defensive tackle. But you know what? I think the Quinton Williams pick, at the time, it's a good pick. You know, I think he's going to be pretty good. Now, to the atrocity of our offensive line, right? Last night, I don't even know if this was an NFL type of offensive line based off of, you know, uh, and, may- and maybe I could be a salty Jets fan. My God. The offensive line is horrible. And I called it, you know, in the offseason, the offensive line is the focal point of how this season is going to end up, right? If they play well, we're going to be okay. If they don't play well, our season is done. The mononucleos thing with Sam Darnold, that's a completely different story. But the offensive line can't open up holes for Le'Veon Bell to do his thing and make plays, Right. My God, they can't even protect Luke Fulk. You know, he was beaten down, you know, by Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett destroyed Kelvin Beecham. He didn't play well at all. He sucked. And other guys on the team, you know, on the offensive line, played horrible. And it's just disappointing to see that. When for so many years, I'm like this. We have got to focus on the offensive line. Look at it this way, and I'll take the Cowboys, for, for example. The Cowboys have arguably the top offensive line. And look what's happening right now with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, as talented he is, is just loving the fact that he's running behind that offensive line. Dak Prescott has is playing well with that offensive line because they're all top-notch guys, right? And as a Jets fan, I would love for that same type of formula to happen. We have a franchise guy. I was a little shocked that we didn't get an offensive lineman in this year's draft. But I'm hoping and I hope and hope and hope that come next draft, we draft our franchise left tackle or a franchise center because Ryan Khalil, we only have him to a one-year deal and he's going to be probably retired after that. We have to make these changes, you know, the field draft picks, man, this is what's, this is what's biting us. John Inzik, a horrible general manager with the Jets, you know, trashed the 2014 draft, right? It's just like all those picks pretty much waste. I mean, a lot of those guys are no longer with the team. Some are out of the league, you know, and we, and And we don't have hardly anybody to shoot for. Mike McKagnon's situation is not much better. And I've I've been on the record of saying this before, guys. Mike McKagnon was lucky that a playmaker like Jamal Adams fell into his lap. Same thing with Leonard Williams, fell into his lap. And Sam Darnold, because before the Baker Mayfield saga, the consensus number one pick for... Much of the offseason, you know, before the draft, you know, was Sam Darnold's going to be drafted number one by the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I mean, that's all I heard a lot of times, you know, from the mock drafts, Sam Darnold's going to go to the Browns. You know, it's going to be, you know, Sam Darnold, and then where's Josh Allen going to go? Where's Josh Rosen going to go? Where's Lamar Jackson going to go? You know, so it's like, okay, we're hearing about these quarterbacks, where are they going to go? And the Jets got lucky to getting him. And you know, I think it was pretty, pretty good that we got them. Uh, even though we traded up from, you know, from number six to number three at the time, I thought it was a matter of luck. And I mean, I mean, part of that, you can credit Mike McKagan, but at the same time though, I think, who do we trade? We traded somebody and we got, uh, we swapped picks. No, 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 no. We swapped picks with, uh, or we swapped spots with the Colts, uh, and sacrificed, um, three second round picks. We got a second round pick, you know, that same year uh, by trading with Sh- uh, Sheldon Richardson. And so, you know, the Colts, you know, that was a good, good move on their end because they got, you know, um, the guard from Notre Dame, uh, Quentin Nelson, who was fantastic, by the way, and, you know, the Jets got Darnold, which is great. We got to protect him. We have to protect him. I don't want anything to happen to Sam Darnold like what happened to Andrew Luck where his body constantly took constant beatings. And, guys, I don't care how big your quarterback is. I don't care how strong your quarterback is or anything like that or even how fast he is. In the NFL, if you have a crappy offensive line, and your quarterback is getting destroyed, you are shortening his career. If you expect your quarterback to be the franchise guy for 15 years, 16 years, you know, even anything like that, and you throw him into a shitty offensive line that you have not addressed, I highly doubt that he's going to last 15 years. He may last about half of that. You know, may, he'll maybe be lucky if we get to five or six years if we don't draft it. And that's the problem with the New York Jets, is the drafting. And it starts from ownership. For some reason, Woody Johnson has not put up quality guys, maybe in the scouting department to get good players and to make smart decisions about getting the right guys or getting the right personnel to think and draft smart. Okay, let's try to trade down because if we trade down, that would help because there are so many areas in needs right now. And if we do not trade down, if we get a top pick next draft, I'm going to call it right now. If we get a top pick, if we're pick number one, pick number three, or pick number two, or, or, or whatever the pick it is, right? Or top five even, or top eight. If we do not trade down and to acquire some extra picks to get depth and to fill other positions of needs, I'm going to freaking go bonkers and get really pissed off because we are not one player away from making the playoffs. You know, we are not. We still need help at cornerback. We need help at edge rusher. We need help on all the offensive line. Hell, we need a left tackle, right tackle. We need a center. We may need a right guard even. I mean, those four positions, man. I mean, hell, it's going to take more than one draft to fix that crap. I'm, I'm just... Fed up the fact that we have not put forth a quality offensive line because seeing last night Miles Garrett, an incredible athlete, by the way, just destroy our offensive line and constantly get to our quarterback, it's 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 awful, man. It's, it's, it's flat-out awful. You put any quarterback on that. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, anybody. You put him behind that shitty offensive line, they're going to get injured, and go, and they're going to miss a lot of games, if not the whole damn season, because we have failed to address the offensive line. Our running game has not worked because of the offensive line. For many years, we have not focused in on it. Teams that have had successful running styles and everything with running backs and everything, like the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they have pretty good offensive lines. Steelers have a pretty good offensive line, right? They can run the ball well, and we saw that with James Conner last year. You know, nobody really expected him to play like he did last year. He did pretty well, you know, at filling in for Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, he's not a Le'Veon Bell type of player. We all know that, but he, he came in, and it was a next-man-up mentality, and he did his job, and he did pretty well, and he exceeded expectations, and the offensive line for the Steelers is far better than what the Jets have, and it's just it's shit right now. So... Going back to the draft, right? So I will say this, though. We need to get better. We don't need to sign a bunch of guys in the offseason to large contracts. And speaking of offseason, here's where I stand on that. Leonard Williams is due for a contract extension at some point. I like the guy. I think he is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. He's not sacked the quarterback. I know I understand that he's... You know, been double teamed and things like that, but he has not striked me as a guy where we need to drop a boatload of money on him. I don't want for the Jets to repeat the same mistake that we did for Muhammad Wilkerson, except Muhammad Wilkerson was able to get a little bit more sacks and everything, right? Problem is, Leonard Williams, you know, great player or good player, I'm sorry. You know, the Jets would be insane to pay him Aaron Donald money, or, or um, Jadavion Clowney money, or anybody in his respective position, top 10 money. Good run stuffer, though. You know, he can stop the run, but we have to get to the quarterback. We have to. We, I mean, we simply have to. We, we re-signed Henry Anderson. We have Leonard Williams. And then we also have uh, Quentin Williams, the young rookie defensive tackle that we drafted, you know, uh, from Alabama. At some point, man... We got to come up with some schemes. We got Greg Williams. He's supposed to be this, you know, genius of a defensive coordinator and aggressive. And I like the aggressive approach, but right now it's not working for the Jets at the moment because our offense sucks, because our defense is out there far too damn long and they're gassed out. We got to work on that. And, you know, here, here's my take on this. And, and I've seen a lot of Jets fans talk about this. I'm almost at the point where <clears throat> Woody Johnson. Just sell the damn franchise. Sell it. Don't move it. Sell it. We need a competent owner that knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to football. The Jets have suffered. The fan base, man, I'll be honest, guys, man, as a huge diehard Jets fan, I've been a Jets fan all my life. We have suffered far too daggum long. I mean, we have suffered for many years. Many years, constant losing seasons after losing seasons, and we're the laughingstock of the freaking league. You know, I remember the time where our quarterback geno smith got punched by a teammate we were the laughingstock league and he was out for a while and i don't think he was a starter the remaining of that season and that season was crazy you know with the whole geno situation and of course you know what happened with mark sanchez you know with rex ryan you know put him in preseason he got hurt and done for the year it's like stupid decisions it's like it's like come on and then The butt fumble with Mark Sanchez, which I still don't know how. (laughs) I I, I still can't fathom and, and understand how a quarterback can run into your offensive lineman's ass so hard with so much force that it knocks you down on the ground and you fumble the ball. And, of course, who's against the freaking Patriots, our rivals, of course, the team that we Jets fans hate the most. And the guy scoops it up, runs it back for a touchdown. And I think they're beating us like forty something to, like, what we I don't know if we scored hardly any points that game. The fan base, man, we have suffered so freaking much, so much. We are put, we are set these expectations where we're going to be successful. We're going to make some changes. We're going to bring in this th- these geniuses and, and blah 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 blah. It's all here is a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of expectations. To let us down, and I'm tired of it. I think it's horrible, and I know many Jets fans are tired of it. I'm a Jets fan until the day I die, I will always be loyal to my team. But every single season, it pains me that the Jets are the laughing stock of the league. We can't put forth a good team for our fans that are paying really good, hard earned money, you know, for the tickets. Because let's face it, you know, for a team. Like the Jets, that has been as bad as we have been lately. Hardworking New York Jets fans go to work, work their tails off, and buy season tickets and buy tickets for the game and spend money on food and beer and all that stuff, which probably costs a lot of money. I've never been to a Jets game before or anything. Hope to go one day, especially in you know the new stadium that they have. To see their team get de- get beat down and just pushed around to a team like like the Browns or, or to or to any other team for that matter, it's like come on, it's just horrible, horrible, man. Jets fans deserve better. And teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans Saints, they remain in contention year in and year out. You know why? They have their franchise quarterback for number one, but where does it start? It starts from the top all the way down. It starts from management. Management has to do a better job. Woody Johnson has done a crappy job as far as putting forth a great product for our fans. You know we 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 struggle at a lot of things. You know we've have we. I man, I'm just ugh, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of and tired of seeing our team constantly lose and struggle. Adam Gase, you know, a supposed quarterback whisperer, you know, and honestly, guys, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real here. He, he was not my first choice as the Jets to hire a head coach. I was hoping that we would get an established head coach, which is what we need. We need someone that's established and successful and knows a, a damn thing or two about quarterbacks. Mike McCarthy. The Jets should have been all over him and made sure that we would have promised him the moon and stars to get him to be ha- to be our head coach. That's what should have happened. We should. I don't care if he if Mike McCarthy wants full control over everything. Hell, do it. Make it to where it'll happen because Mike McCarthy is a successful coach. Looking back at his Green Bay years, hey, he's won a Super Bowl. He knows what the hell he's doing when it comes to, with football. Right, Adam Gase didn't do anything special in Miami. Didn't wow me in Miami. Yeah, he had Ryan Tannehill to work with, but Ryan Tannehill he didn't play spectacular. And everybody's like, "Oh, Adam Gase is supposed to be this guru of quarterbacks and everything." Bull crap. I understand that he was with Peyton Manning in Denver. Man, you don't need to teach anything else to Peyton Manning. The guy is so freaking smart. He was already established. He does not need your type of input on how to be successful or anything like that. The guy already knows how to play the quarterback position. The Broncos were a team that had some good receivers, you know, and everything. They were pretty darn good. Manning had success. We, we had a feeling Manning was going to throw for a bunch of yards and break records and everything. But how much do we credit Peyton Manning compared to Adam Gase, right? I mean... Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. I mean, we, he is just a dominant type of quarterback and everything like that. So I think that all the credit, most of it should have been to Manning, not Gase. Oh, man. I'm telling you guys, I'm a frustrated Jets fan here. I've watched countless seasons where this is just utterly ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's painful to watch. It's painful to hear. You know, I, I get tired of seeing on TV and seeing on social media where the Jets are mocked. We are a horrible franchise, you know, where, where people are saying we're worse than the Browns. And the Browns have been horrible since 1999. So it's, it's awful. It's, it's just downright awful. And, you know, the Jets, we, we Jets fans deserve much better. And I'm I'm being straight up honest with you guys. It's it's pathetic how this team has become. It's pathetic that we can't draft well. We can't get anybody right. We just can't do it. Teams like the Steelers, teams like the Packers and, and the Saints, man, they put forth a good product on their field. And they're competitive. Year in and year out. Hell, even with Aaron Rodgers, you know, not fully 100%, he'll give it his all and it down on the line. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Back then, remember when he was hurt a lot? That Steelers defense helped led them to win some games and still kept them competitive. And same thing with the Saints. Drew Brees at the time. A couple years ago, everybody was thinking, oh, Sean Payton's done. Drew Brees is done. No, man, no, they, they they retooled and they drafted well and they got Alvin Kamara and they worked on other guys and they brought in some guys to help that team. And it's just like, we need that. We, we deserve it. But as long as we have Woody Johnson as an owner, I don't see it happening. I hope and pray the Jets win a Super Bowl in my lifetime and in your guys' lifetime, because hell, it's been since the 1960s since we've been to the Super Bowl. I think it's what... 68, 69 or something like that. And here it is, 2019. We were close to being in the Super Bowl in 2009, 2010. (coughs) Never got there, but we were close. But, man, I'm frustrated. We have got to do something, man. I mean, we have got to do something to make this work. Obviously this season is in jeopardy with us going 0 and 2. And like I said earlier, we could very well go 0 and 6. Um you know with or without seeing Darnold just because you know are we going to have that much talent, you know? But I'm thinking the smart thing is let Dar- let Darnold get his rest. Don't force him back in there and get him hurt. And, and losing the whole damn season because that would really piss off, piss me off and piss a lot of Jets fans off just because, hell, for 0-6, you know, the only positive would be get them some experience. But, hell, if we're tanking for the number one pick, do it. If we're at 0-6, do it. Might as well. Um, one final thing here, guys, um, with the Jets. <clears throat> All my Jets fans that are listening out there, uh, you know, I mean, this is, and and maybe other people that like to listen to my podcast as well, this is something completely different. You know, I'm not usually this fired up as much with the podcast, but man, I'm sick and tired of my team losing. I'm tired of all these Patriots fans brag about how Brady and Belichick are this great and everything and, and all these other franchises are successful and everything. I'm tired of it. It's got to be the Jets turn at some point, at some point. Whether it's next season or, you know, the year after that, at some point we got to be successful. But nonetheless, though, like I said earlier, I'll be a Jets fan, diehard Jets fan till the day I die. Um, I cannot root for any other team number one but my New York Jets. And I hope the team does become successful at some point. Um, so far, we're off to a rough start 0-2. And then the next, you know, few teams that we play, I don't think we're going to win. We would be we would be lucky to get at least one win, but we played the Patriots twice. I can pretty much guarantee that's going to be automatic losses, especially if Sam Darnold is out. Maybe the team that we may have a chance of beating, maybe, would be Philadelphia, and that's a big maybe, but I highly doubt it. So hopefully things will get better. But I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this, guys. Um, frustrated with the, with the way the franchise is headed. Um, typical Jets, you know. We gotta, we gotta do better. We have to. We just, we have to do better. So hopefully things will turn around. If not, hey man, <laughs> there's always a draft. Maybe we can get things going. Um, I do, I do like Joe Douglas as a general manager. Uh, that's a guy that I think that'll really help, um, you know, with the team. But I'll be honest, if Gase can't get anything going on offense this year, and and I'm being straight up, if he can't put forth any type of effort where we can score points, even with Sam Darnold or any other quarterback or whoever's playing, I say fire him, fire him, one year and done. Get him out because... If he's supposedly this genius, get him the hell out. We need to get somebody that's established and successful. So, or somebody that's you know on the rise as far as a young type of head coach that's an offensive guru, like what happened with the Rams with Sean McVay. Great coach, great young coach, man. And you know, he's got Jared Goff, he's got Todd Gurley, those are some good players right there, some of the best in the league right now. Hopefully at some point, man, the Jets will get it right. Who knows? Maybe Adam Gase can turn things around. But after the last two games, I just, I'm not having any faith in them. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you and have a great night. Take care and bye-bye.